Welcome back to another episode of the Exterminatus Podcast, all things competitive in the world of Warhammer 40,000. My name's Eric, with me is my co-host Robert. Hi. And we are back, we got a jam-packed show, we've got four tournaments to talk to you about. There's several tournaments we're not going to talk to you about, including there are five GTs in England alone, so we've got a lot of activity going on on the tournament circuit as we wind down the Nephilim season. But uh, as we also wind down the 2022 calendar year, it's holiday season because Games Workshop is talking to us about holiday army boxes. We'll get into that. We get into all the new leaks about the Astro Militarum, courtesy of the community page, and a whole bunch of other new material as well, including Botan in the wild. So let's start with that, since you're into the... How is your Sagittarium coming together? My Sagittarium? Are you talking about a custodes unit? Sorry, what the, the, the smaller... Uh, Transports. Oh no, no! I'm I am not doing little beep beep clown cars. I am eventually going to do double land bus because fortresses are fun. But no, today I did have um, a game of just essentially the original Votan box that everyone got because someone also got them but was having trouble learning them and rules and everything. So it was um, dwarf on dwarf violence. Oh, and nobody got I to center field by turn five. <laughs> I actually, I got to center field on turn three, but that's because of the fact that he had, the only differences between our list was he was using a custom thing to essentially try to be a little bit of Ymir and a little bit of greater Thurian League and whatever. Like, okay, that's all well and good. And he shoved all 20 of his hearthkin into a single unit hmm. and stood in, stood in a building all game. Okay. So... But we didn't worry about secondaries or anything like that. We were just like, nope, we're going to just score primary and we're going to run through this. Turn three, I was literally already, I had scored full primary on turn two and full primary on turn three. So it was like, what did you do? Yeah, but no. kind of hard to come back from that. Yeah, but it's Votan is actually using them. They run into the same issue that a lot of armies do when shooting into space marines, where it's armor of contempt and light cover. Because this is true. This is something that we had talked about before, and most of the kind of him and hawing about. None of their guns were really AP2 outs higher than AP2 outside of the railgun. And yeah, AP2 into armor of contempt and light cover literally says here have a four up armor save mm -hmm. so the one funny thing i have to note every single time one of my um hearthkin units fired its railgun into his massive blob okay magna rail hits magna rail wounds and i specifically thar to make it into an unmodified six light cover plus armor of contempt gives them a six up save every single time he made that six up armor save against my railgun oh my god it was hilarious after the second time it's just Okay, I guess that's how that rolls. That's pretty insane. Six up saves, yeah. <laughs> sometimes I even wonder sometimes why do they bother with a six up save? But I guess yeah, every now and then you make a few. But yeah, although I was, I'm very much still hemming and hawing about what my last unit in my list is going. It's either going to be ten berserks with two mole launch or a unit of five or six of the terminators because I just can't decide. But then I have two land buses, so I don't think I'll care. Um, yeah, maybe can squeeze those in. So. In addition, though, if you're still looking to start a new army, the holiday boxes are here. The holiday boxes are here. And um, kind of your usual fanfare. I was a little surprised 
Um, the lack of diversity of the boxes. Yeah, that one. Um, I want to jokingly blame on all of the Xenos armies got bought up in pieces throughout the end of the year. So they're like, um, why is no one buying Raven Guard? Why is no one buying Imperial Fists? Why is no one buying Sisters anymore? Or Custodes? Or Admin? And then they just went, eh, let's pick up some random armies and go Knights, Death Guard, and Thousand Sons. Yeah. Yeah, I was a little, very disappointed, actually. There was a couple armies I was, I was budgeting for, and when they didn't come out, I'm like, oh, okay. It kind of stinks, but what are we getting? So we mentioned this is the battle. This is a battle comes with Morgan Va. Uh, six Paragon War Suits, five uh, Sacrosents, and um, Battle Sister Squad, which can, and but it comes with everything you need for the Celestians or Dominions. Uh, so you got a little bit of everything there for that. Oh, it's a little bit bigger than starter boxes. Mm-hmm. The the custode box, I have to kind of laugh in it, kind of laugh at it. It's a unit of three bikes, a unit of t- so one box of bikes, one box of terminators, and then one, two, three boxes of custodian guard and Trajan. <laughs> they went. How many times can we copy the stage sheet in the box? That many times? Okay. Next one is the Admech Elimination Manipole. Sorry. And um, I actually kind of like this one because it has a lot of the stuff that I like about Admech, which isn't all that competitive, but still pretty cool. So you're getting a pair of Castellan robots. Uh, you got to get Data Smith, six Catafron Destroyers, or you can build them as Breachers, and then a healthy grouping of either Vanguard or Rangers, depending on how you build them. And overall, I- looking at just it's effectively here's your big powerful character one big chunky boss for like referencing the sisters box with the paragon wars and then two support units in them so yeah that's what the adamek one very much feels like you have call with the supporting units of the castellan robots and the ranger like it's pretty nice and then we look at the knights box (laughs) the knights box is literally here's canis rex which can be made into any other knight. And then a total of four armagers. And I'm pretty sure there's more than enough bits to get four executioners and or four war leaves or two of each. Like, whatever feels your fancy. I wish you had your hands on that a little earlier, huh? I mean, the, the war dog kit is cooler because it has all the spiky heads. And then we get to the... The Death Guard and the Thousand Sons. The Death Guard one is very straightforward. It's Mortarian. And then I think just Plague. I get five Lightlord Terminators and ah. 14 Plague Marines. At that point, they all looked the same to me because they were all green. And they all blended. Yeah, they did kind of. I'm still looking at it, the picture. Going, it's like, where's Waldo? Which ones are the Terminators? Okay, not sure. <laughs> yeah. And then Thousand Sons, kind of the same. It gives you Magnus, three, three Exalted Sorcerers, and 20 Rubric. Someone get the vacuum. There's a lot of dust to clean up. Yeah. I, I do appreciate, though, that the Sorcerers are each different. I did not pick up on that. That's pretty cool. So these next two are, are kind of interesting, cause I, and I have questions, because I think I have evil thoughts what to do with them. The first one is the Bastion Strike Force. It's for all you Imperial Fist fans out there. Uh, you get uh, Tor Garadon, uh, their longest serving company captain, and that also includes three Primaris Aggressors, 15 Heavy Intercessors, and you don't even need to buy a kill team box to get them. And um, 
But then it says you also get an Imperial Fist upgrades and transfers to mark out your force. So correct me if I'm wrong, they don't have molded uh, shoulder pads. They're all just decals that make them look like each chapter. No, they. I know from 8th edition and early on 9th edition, they had the Primaris upgrade, but we all know that not a lot of people spend the extra money to buy a shoulder pad and buy a specific weapon that has the chapter insignias and stuff built into them. So at that point, I think they're just going, yeah, no, we're we're not going to make these anymore. We're just going to give you transfer sheets and you're going to like it. Okay. Because other than the special character, I could use these models for any Space Marine chapter. I didn't. Yeah, like... And because it does list the Primaris upgrades, that does that the upgrade sprues that they did make for them. So you will get the special embossed shoulder pads for all of the heavy intercessors and the aggressor. But then you have extra decals all over for doing stuff like fancy things on the knee pads. And then you look at the the Raven Guard one, the Raven Strike Battle Force. It gives Cave and Strike, so the, the chapter master for them, a Phobos Librarian. Two Invictor Wars, three Eliminators, and two. So the the Imperial Fist Bot, more usable stuff because they're just heavy intercessors and aggressors. Whereas the the Raven Strike, the Raven Guard Bot, and eh, not so much. <laughs> yeah, I do like what you get in it, but it's like you have. To, it's not a standalone. Like you still have to add. It's like a good seasoning. Like I wonder if you got both those boxes, like the Raven Strike and the Imperial Fist one. And put them together, would you actually have a full army? Kind of does things. Yeah, the other thing is, I know when Games Workshop was starting to release the new Combat Patrol box, the big one that got everyone excited was the the Dark Angels one, because the Dark Angels one has a Redemptor Dreadnought ship. That is a good point. So I'm pretty sure they're like, well, we don't need to shove Redemptor Dreadnoughts into more boxes. So um, I would almost want to say it, Maybe Games Workshop is paying attention and they're going, let's not give an extremely meta relevant model to everyone for Christmas. Minor details. But that meta is soon to change as we get closer and closer to the end of the year. And the, the, latest, the newest codex to uh, grace our pages would be Astro Militarum. And a few more details have been released courtesy of the community page. And uh, finally, get to find out what those uh, big gun emplacements do in terms of game terms. Yeah, the overall, it does very much seem just like, oh, this is what Guard does in the the data slate. Let's just translate it into the new book, so that way we can eventually get rid of that part of the data slate because that takes up an entire page. So, last guns and last pistols, as long as they're for shock troops, unmodified hit rolls of six get an extra hit. And for those of you that are chaos players, which I am now one of them, because Chaos Knight rejoice that if you don't run into a Cadian player, they can no longer do Vengeance for Cadia against you. Mm. Such an odd rule. And it also seems like the auto uh, auto hits, uh, excuse me, six to hit are auto wounds. That doesn't seem to be in the book as well. Um, that bit, I'm not sure if it's missing or not, because I know some other leaks have come across the internet. Um, but yeah, there, like, it could still be in there. It could not be. If it's just exploding sixes on Lasgun, cool. I'll take that. <laughs> if I remember right. I think it's Lasguns and pistols. Yeah, it, not last cannons, no. which are. Yeah, that'd be a bit much. Yeah, uh, to give you an instance, the 
the heavy support squad of a heavy las can two shots of strength 10 ap4 and d3 plus three damage the good old magic number of you can either do four or six damage maybe five you never know yeah a little weird but i don't know i'm still trying to feel it like i said my biggest issue is always with guard is those are the prime targets but there's a sea of humanity between myself and the target so getting through all of you know trying to find holes in the defense to get through to very difficult yeah and that will come in time because i mean the two ideas that i'm pretty sure are going to happen are either here's my two rogal dorns and my three lehman russes and then a whole bunch or here is my extra bunch of dudes and a couple of tanks right but the one thing that did grace my eyeballs. I know you're going to be sick and tired of America, but stupid guy on a horse. No, not stupid guy on a horse. Oh, I am so sick of him. Codex is even out yet. So, I don't know where this came from. I cannot source it, but kind of prying eyes. I'm. It's hard for me to say this, but I'm actually really happy because I was worried it was going to be another situation of comparing him to Robuta Gilliman, where, oh, he's just a better Gilliman because he can't die. He can do so much damage. It's like, no, he is only toughness four. Mm-hmm. He has only eight wounds. He has a three-up armor save. So the stat line isn't terrible. It sounds squishy until you get to the part where he has a four-up invuln and he has the damage characteristic of that attack rounding up. Does he get any mortal wound protection or anything from psychics? Nope. So you can still mortal wound him to death. Yeah, I'm thinking like he takes damage and when he, uh, you know, early on and then defend as he like tries to charge in, you can take him out. I don't mm-hmm. know. I'm not sure what the wake of him yet. Yep. The the big thing is he is a Supreme Commander, just like Vol, just like Thraka. So you can put him in his own detachment. And he can literally order anything around in the book, generally, is from what his commanding authority bit on his codex, mm-hmm. says, on his data sheet says. And <laughs> his only shooting weapon is going to make most people laugh. He literally looks at you with a righteous gaze for two shots of strength, eight AP minus three, flat three damage eyeballs. Okay, that's a bit nuts. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's it, he's going to be a force multiplying model, that's for sure. And that's what I expect most guard officers to be like. They're force multipliers. So if you get rid of the things that they buff, they can only then buff themselves. And one dude on a horse is much easier to handle than a dude on a horse and five tanks. Right. But that's what I'm worried about. The thing that's always scared me about guard isn't so much their weapons or a particular style or a particular unit. It's their orders phase. It just feels like they could get ridiculous bonuses at no risk and really no cost. And they can issue orders after you've done like reserves. So I'm like, oh, I'm still doing your turn. It's really mm-hmm. frustrating. So I'm thinking that the order, instead of being done um, right before the shooting phase, they are done during the command. If I was reading the, if I was reading um, Lord Soul, yeah, High Lord Soul's orders box, because it's done during the command phase. But that's, we'll just see when the box actually comes out and we start seeing droves of guardsmen start again. Yeah, I mean, one of the big things is I don't think we're going to see a big hobby lag because um, the Scout Sentinel to me looks almost identical to the old model. And most players have a ton of infantry already, so they're, they're pretty ready to go on the day of release. Yeah, the only thing that they would want is if they want new updated sculpts, that would be about it. That's all I could see, so... Are you a gamer that has more bare plastic than you have time to paint? 
Do paintbrushes spontaneously combust when you hold them? If either of these is true, contact White Crow Studios and get your models painted by a college-trained professional painter. You can contact Bo at whitecrow.commissions at gmail.com and view his previously painted models at White Crow Studios on Facebook. Is your beer keg boring? Does it not have enough tentacles coming out of it? Does it not taste as funny as you remember because you didn't put a tear in it? Well, the wonderful makers of the Necro Nom 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 to replace your average pizza, decided to come out with a, another book of the Lovecraft Cock. So they're from reddukegames.com, and it will guide you through 78 different kinds of cocktails to summon a demon, summon a space bug. Who knows? Either way, it's going to be a very, very wonderful time, and we would highly recommend that you try to not ingest too many while at the gaming table because we don't know exactly what's going to happen when you roll Perils of the Warp or you roll a natural one on your persuasion check if you decide to play indeed. So if you're looking for fanciful drinks, go ahead and grab the Lovecraft Cocktails by the Mad Men at RedDukeGames.com, the makers of the Necro Nom Nom. Hey listeners, this is Raymond with the Extreme Honest Podcast here to talk to you about KR Cases. If you're like me and you're constantly looking for that better way to store your armies, then look no further than KR Cases. That's right, this is the foam company known for their soft blue foam in the cardboard cases. They're a great way to mix and match whenever you're heading out for that next tournament. You can just swap out those boxes, and no need to worry about switching the foam in and out. They're sturdy, the boxes help protect your models, and if you when you order, they come fast, the order is right, and for a better price than the other guy. So go to krcases.com and when you place your order, be sure to mention the Extermination Podcast. Alright, let's dive into this past weekend's uh, tournament activity. Spencer, we got four events to talk about here on the docket. We will start in the land down under. Lovely Australia to talk about about the interestingly named Hobart GT. Yes, yes. I don't know what giant creatures um, decided to play and win this event. Thankfully, they weren't spider sheep. So in fifth place, we have Liam Hogwood with Emperor's Children. Fourth place, Stuart Trainer with Gene Stealer Colt. Hmm. And in third place, we have Will Milton, Loyal Imperial, Loyal Knights. Hmm. We have second, second place, we have Lance Glover with... Kraken, and in first place we have Matt Morisoli, Chaos Demons. That's right. He's quickly another one of these players that's been on the WTC circuit, and now that this, their defense behind them, they're starting to creep up a little bit more in singles play, and clearly still taking the, the meta by storm here with another win in Australia. So, mm-hmm. yep. The one thing I will say, I know most of the lists that won this weekend are very much the same thing, but for demons, I would definitely recommend kind of being wary of what exists. So for demons, this is a Bloodthirster, a Changecaster, a Fluxmaster, so corn, zinch, zinch. Excuse me. And then Blue Horrors, Demonettes, some Nurgle, and then 12 Zinch Flamers. Yeah, that's what I was looking for, is that big block. And uh, seems to be almost required in every demon list right now. Yeah, I want I uh, watching one game of them. It in that case of that unit it's four D six plus twelve flamer shot. Obnoxious. Yeah. And they all automatically hit, which is always fun. Well, I think they're 
I don't know if they're actually flamers. I'll have to reread the book. They might be just normal assault weapons with an actual to hit. But then again, it's Zinch flamers, and they could literally say, ooh, I hit you on negative twos. Okay, a one still fails. Go. <laughs> <laughs> Let me find out for us here. But yes, the the general threat units of demons I expect people to run into aside from Bellacor. The corn stuff is pretty solid with a four up invuln. Well, with a four up demon save, I should because it's not an invulnerable save. You can't ignore them with rail. Um, the normal bloodthirster, the fact that you can give them a five up feel no pain and a damage cap, where you can only take like eight a phase or something, generally means that you're not able to kill the bloodthirster in a single turn of shoot or fighting because you can only do sixteen wounds to him in total. That's pretty handy. So I think at the end of the turn, unless you were able to psychic him as well, um, four wounds. Or if you can do damage to him out of phase. Yep. I stand corrected. You actually do need to roll to hit with the uh, flamers. It is an assault uh, D6 plus 3 weapon. Okay. So, yeah, they're just called Zinch flamers, which is confusing. <laughs> but, oh well. And really sad exploding sixes on top of that, too. <laughs> That's pretty crazy. Yep. And we're not going to dive too much because, yeah, there's a lot to digest in the demons list with like plus to pluses to wound and stuff like that. Everything. Oh, nope, I was right. Just, I'm very confused here. Each time an attack is made with this weapon, the attack automatically hits the target. Oh, okay. So Zinch is putting tricks on us, Eric. <laughs> Craziness. All right. So there we go. Good to see Matt Morisoli, um back on top, making his run. Uh, this time I'm going to go to Merry Old England and to the Coventry GT. As I mentioned before, there were this was one of five GT events in England. So I'll be curious to see if uh, the English cohort of uh, three guys that Vic Vijay, Manny Chima, and uh, David Gaylord are able to accumulate enough points to retake the ITC top spot. So who are our top five? Well, at this event, it was Mark Crumbleholm. That's a name I've also heard of before. We're going with the Necrons. My Necrons? What? What are they doing? Yeah. And he lost round three with a 91. Ouch. Uh, in fourth place, we have Simon Edwards with Thousand Sons. We have third place, David Gaylord, Demon. What's he doing? Okay. In second place, we have one of the... You said it was the Roberts brothers, right? Like ja Josh and Matthew Roberts? Yes. All right. So we have... The Josh half with Chaos Space Marines in second place. And then I practiced this guy's last name at least three times before recording. First place, we have Dennis Nabresnik. There you go. If you're listening, Dennis, please let me know if I put your name because I can apologize. But also playing Necrons. <laughs> See, I, felt the look. I was so hung up on his last name. I was like, oh, make Robert say this one. I forgot to look close at this list. I mean, I think for every single last episode, unless I haven't been there, I've read off all of the names because I'm the new guy. It's possible. <laughs> it's also because Ray has been here in a while. so Yeah, that's true. But yes, uh, it's refreshing to see that Thousand Suns can still creep up there randomly. And th this one very much looked like it was either a Xenos or Chaos Party. The one army that I do want to point out was Ryan Cook barely making it out of the top five with current Astro Militaire. So he got to actually play the game pretty effectively with a score of 100, 196, 73, and then losing round five. With wow. Oh, wow. All right. Anything else on Coventry? Nope. Nope. That was basically it. Oh. it. A whole bunch of stuff that I'm just like, okay, Necrons won. 
whole bunch of space marines. No other names I recognize because it's England and I don't have time for tea and biscuits. Yeah. I'm still shocked by Carbaholm was uh, not playing Eldar. That's weird. Why is it always the Eldar players that surprise you when they're not playing point Because there's only a few of them. You know, it's like they, they <laughs> stick with them and I don't know. It's like, what? What do you mean you switched? Stop that. So, I love how Shawnee insists that orcs have 40 ears too. So the same army. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they do have pointy ears if they shave them down enough. But anyway. The next event brings us back to the USA. Uh, Mid-Missouri Maelstrom. Mid-Mo. Yeah, Mid-Mo is the uh, abbreviation. So we're just joking about it all day. So the top five for Mid-Mo, we have Kyle McCord with Generic Imperium. We'll figure out what that is at the end of this. In fourth place, we have Ryan Verbeck with Tyranids. In third place, we have Ryan Olson with Asuriani, so just generic craft worlds. Second place, we have Dan Sammons with Tyranids. And in first place, we have Sam Henley. Oh, that's a generic yeah. nonsense. What is what is he playing here? Imperial Alicord. Right. What are you doing to us? So we see Tank Commander, Tank Commander, three units of infantry, an Astropath, a Platoon Commander, a Manticore, and then Grey Knights. There we go. Yeah. Yeah. Drago, a Grandmaster, Baby Carriage, a Strike Squad, two units of Interceptors, and two more Dread Knight. He brought the entire thing of Grey Knights along with 865 points. Why not? There we go. But hey, at least he listed himself properly as Generic Imperium. Yeah. <laughs> generic is LR1. He had, see here, Sierra Council, two Sierra Councils, Farseer, Farseer, Skyrunner, Rangers, Windriders, Windriders, and a Falcon, and then switches to a Vanguard, Bahara, and then, oh my goodness, one, two, three, three units of Dire Avengers, two units of Howling Banshees, and a unit of Striking Scorpions, followed by a unit of Shining Spears, a Viper, and two Falcons. Yep, I'm definitely seeing a trend with some Eldar stuff that the Falcons are now being taken because I believe they can actually start off the table and they, they're also kind of the equivalent of a repulsor where they can carry some. I know there was one stream game that I watched at the next event that we're going to talk about, which is beautiful, by the way. It was an entirely Exodite converted Eldar army. Oh, cool. Like, it was great. But yeah, no, that guy was also running three Falcons. The Falcon also has the Cloud Strike ability, which means it can act like a drop pod. So... Aha! That's one of the big... Uh, and, um, not to sleep on it, it actually has decent firepower. Um, actually, mm -hmm. the, the pulse laser can actually do some serious damage, but a lot of people do take them for the dropout ability, so they're coming in on turn one reserves. Mm -hmm. I know the Ryan Olsen's list that we that I was just looking at, I think two of them just had shuriken weapons on them. Hmm. No, pulse, no pulse lasers or anything. Interesting. Try to keep them probably as cheap as possible just with the transportability. Yep. Anyway, our last event, we're going to stay here in the United States, back to the Baltimore area. We're going to the, the Flames of Autumn event. Yep. This one I was actually able to catch a few games of from War Games Live. The, I only caught the first two rounds, but um, fifth place we have Jeffrey Kalodner, Sisters of Battle. In fourth, blah, blah, blah. I can't talk today. <laughs> fourth place, we have Larry Oliver with Tyranids. In third place, we have Matt Laura playing Sisters. Seems like he hopped off the custodes. In second place, we have Aiden Barkley playing Iron Warriors. Hmm. And in first place, we have Andrew Gagne playing Farsight Enclaves. 
Interesting. I'm going to take a look at Andrew's list because I was listening to some other lists going go through, and it seems like the triple riptide lists are coming back now that the crisis suits kind of got the bit of the nerf bat. I mean, I'm down to see triple riptide again because of the fact that it's a big thinking it's a big freaking suit and i can shoot at it yeah i mean that's the biggest thing is it can actually be seen as opposed to you know, the crisis suits are a little mm-hmm. on the smaller side but uh, i forgot that uh riptides retain their uh jump shoot jump i was like oh that's not good yeah so this one it is very this is probably the most straightforward towel list i've ever seen because it's only one two three four five six seven different data sheets like maybe eight, because yeah, some crisis bodyguards, a cult, two cold star commanders, two breacher teams, some crew carnivores, and then the the triple tie, triple riptide battles, and then the two bombers that Eric sure loves so oh, much, yeah, those. and then two double fish. Hmm, interesting. Probably to hide the breacher teams. Yeah, most likely. That version of Tau, I would probably like playing. I wouldn't like playing fifteen crisis suits. Be a little interesting. <laughs> Um, trying to, th- yeah, that'd be pretty wild, actually. Just the hardest part is with all the new weapon options. It's like, okay, it has what on there? What now? <laughs> so, the one thing I would like to point out at this event was in 16th, we have one random Votan popping up in the wild of Shane Watts. He was playing Arani Searcher, so the plus one tough dwarves with a, a 3 2 1 record. Hmm. So, I'll have to look to see what he lost against and what he had a draw against but otherwise yeah no this was this was a almost 60 person event and then about 50 people actually checked in and showed up it looked like so yeah it was a nice healthy event with six rounds of gaming streamed over two days very cool so the events from there uh a quick look at the idc top 10 when i looked at it prior to recording it had not been updated so we'll see how everything changed in the short amount of time that we've been on here i do have noticed uh frontline gaming did change their website as in bella lost souls i don't know if you've noticed that as well nope i because one i don't go to bella lost souls that often and two i also don't go to flg's site very often outside of looking at rankings yeah the rankings pretty much what all i look at as well bowls i look at quite often because they've actually expanded their coverage to pretty much all things near them so you've got like new shows on netflix um some cosplay stuff on there it's a little bit more than just warhammer and Dungeons and dragons like it used to be so that's pretty cool one thing i don't like though is they have these pop-up video commercials and the, you there's no way to like after five seconds, skip the ad or you know delete them out, and they're huge. They take out like two thirds of the screen, so it's really annoying. But uh, beyond that, um, so they have both got a major facelift on their websites. Yep, and there's one thing that has happened over the last week that I'm pretty sure the internet has been chatting about and then moved on from that you probably missed out on, What's Eric, that? because you actually have a life. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a potential lawsuit that happened with spiky bits against someone. But, oh yeah, I caught a bit of that with the, the their speed with somebody with like a speed paint ripoff. I, I was trying to I read the apology so, letter and I'm going like, wow, what the hell happened here? <laughs> so from my understanding, um, the honest wargamer Rob had made a, a satire video uh, a few months ago of that of the new slap chop technique where you essentially do extra layers of Zenithal priming and all this other stuff to make models look 
darker. But anyway, he had a satire radio of he learned it from like Tibetan monks up on a on a mountain <laughs> and all this stuff. Like very, like real funny, and it looks great. But then some stuff got misconstrued. Some people thought he said he invented it and all this other stuff. And but and then there was some other artist on on the internet that got called out by spiky bits and what uh, it was a entire mess whoops yeah so it's it's gone and passed as far as i know like nothing actually came of it but oh my goodness oh wow uh the fun with spiky bits anyway the tic top 10 as of this uh recording here uh took place in this wilson ninth place nasi fushan Eighth place, Mike Porter. Seventh place, Colin McDade, friend of the show. Sixth place, Manny Chiba. Fifth place, Thomas Ogden. Uh, fourth place, David Gaylard. Uh, number three, John Lennon, jumping into the top spot of uh, top three spots there. Uh, number two, Vic Vijay. And then in top spot, still Jack Harpster holding on. He's got a 42-point lead over Vic Vijay. So just, just chilling at the top there. Uh, see if you can hold on to that, at least until LVO. Which, by the way, speaking of LVO, if you guys have not been able to buy it, to my understanding, it sounds like FOG was able to open up a new, like a second batch of tickets, maybe people refunded or canceled tickets or something like that. So if you are still wanting to go to LVO, there might be a few left for you to to nab yourself a spot to come play in one of the many events that's going to be happening at LVO. So pretty exciting stuff. Looking forward to there. Some more clarification on the FLG uh, calendar coming up. One of those to be announced events was indeed their intent to run that as a team event, but uh, they have not finalized the contract with the venue. So they have, that's why they had still listed as to be announced at this point. Yeah. Team events are definitely a fun time, but they are a little hard to organize sometimes, I will admit. Yeah, a little hard to organize, and they're uh, definitely a toll on the TO as well, because it's one of those things where you got you know, a couple extra steps to deal with, with the uh, pairing system, and then, of course, the if it, if one player from a team doesn't show up, how do you, you know, mix and match and make sure everything balances out? So a little, little trickier, but still a lot of fun to play. I love looking. I love the game of the matchups, who plays what. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's part of a lot of fun there. Take advantage of a very skew list. So seeing a couple of those popping up now. Yep. Like I know there was one list I heard from the Wargamers Live that someone was joking about. It was double Astraeus and a Thunderhawk. That's an interesting one. Um... To tell you the math, because I already did it, just those three models is night. Okay. So you have barely enough for a not primary tech. True. Pretty wild. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's easy to carry that army, though. Um, given that most of it is probably resin, probably extremely hard because it's really heavy. Yeah. Weird. All right. Robert, anything else to cover tonight? Cover quite a bit in a short amount of time here. Um, No, not really. Outside of the fact that I have been taking a break from my nights, which will hopefully be done in the next month because I'd rather have them done December rather than right before LVO. Right. <laughs> so it's a good goal, but um, sometimes it's harder to meet than others. But uh... <laughs> yeah, especially with the display board and everything else. But gosh, yeah, I got to think, come up with an idea for mine. Actually, I have several ideas. I don't know if I can pull it off. That's what the, probably the biggest thing is. 
But yep. anyway, so uh, we'll get into that in, as we get closer to LVO. Also look at our both Facebook page and our Instagram account. So another uh, area where you can see some of our hobby progress. Also future episodes, if you are catching us here on iTunes or any other podcast aggregator, go ahead and leave us a review. Uh, that it really helps uh, other people find the show and pumps us up through the algorithm that they use for finding uh, podcasts similar to ours. And if you're catching us on YouTube, hey, thank you. Uh, it's kind of a new venture for us, and we're seeing a lot of steady growth on that. So we'll continue to keep posting to YouTube. And prob- probably not by the end of this year, but definitely towards the start of you guys may or may not see battle reports up on that channel as well, depending on if I can get everything figured out and all relevant parties are included. That should be a lot of fun. So in the meantime, my name's Eric. I'm Robert. And thank you for listening to the Exterminatus Podcast. Yeah.